0: and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. I am so excited to have Jamie Morgan with us today. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Um, Do you want to give our listeners just a brief introduction about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm
1: Jamie Morgan, I am a certified life coach. I guess that's the official training that I originally did was was specifically just for generalized life coaching. And then afterwards I carried on and continued on into relationship coaching and got certified through the the Gottman Institute and did my level one and two training through them. So I'm specifically now, I do still do personal growth coaching but I also um, really like to focus in
0: on relationship coaching. Awesome. And the Gottmans, that name is sounding, are they, is he the one that did the five love languages? No, he did not do the love languages. I no?
1: okay. also do love, like I do actually do a lot of work around the love languages as well, because I believe in that as so much. But no, the, John and Julie Gottman are based out of Seattle and they are a couple, they are both doctors in psychology and they have spent, not even just years, decades, decades studying couples. And what I love about them and the Gottman Method is is that it is scientific-based, which is so cool because they actually took
0: couples. Do I
1: have time to tell you about it a bit? Of course, I would
0: love it. I love diving into the scientific and nerding out on all of that. So
1: yes. Well, I think it's super cool because I think when it comes to relationships and stuff, like sure, we all have an opinion, And those are all valid too, right, experience, opinions. But I love that there can be and that there is a science behind it and that they actually took the time to do it. So they did longitudinal studies. I think more John Gottman than Julie, but they do work as partners now. And they started what was called the Love Lab at one of the universities down in Seattle. And it's still there, I believe. Um, And the Love Lab for them was they took an apartment at the university and kind of transformed it into a quote unquote, retreat for couples to, you know, if they agreed on being studied, they could go and spend a weekend there in the love lab. And they became part, all of these couples became part of this longitudinal study over years and years and years that they did on couples. And it was everything from their behavior to um, just communication. They, they watched them, they listened to them, um, watched their arguments, like all that kind of stuff. And then continued studying couples. And I don't even know, I should know this, how many, stu- how many couples over the years have gone through this? Because it's been lots, So it's not like they just took five couples and that's what they're basing their data on. Yeah. And they studied them over years. So, and they like, let's just say every year, every two years, three years, they would check in. Are you still married? Are you still together? How are things going? And they probably had a, you know, another sort of rigorous, rigorous amount of testing that they did questioning. But they were able from that to determine, and John Gottman, I believe it's in the 90th percentile somewhere, like 98 or something percent, he believes he can accurately, when meeting someone, tell if they're going to stay married or if they'll end up divorced based on you know, what he's found in these studies. And so based on their actions together, and then finding out those couples that divorced and those couples that stayed married, he came up with you know, the actions that couples do or the behaviors that couples have that like allow them to stay married forever Mm -hmm. the actions that are more predictive of couples that end up divorced and splitting. And it's super cool, but it's not to say, and this is the coolest part about it, I think. It's not to say, say say John Gottman met me and my partner now and said, oh, you guys, you're doing all the bad things. You're going to end up divorced. You can change that. So the only way you'll end up divorced is if you don't make any changes and you continue, you continue just making all these like sort of poor choices with how we are with our partners. But if we decide to take action and make a, a shift and do the work and learn the healthy ways to to act with our partners, you can totally change the game and stay married. So it's it's just really cool. I have always been fascinated by it. So that was what led me to decide to do all my training. That's yeah, good. yeah,
0: that is really fascinating. I don't know if I would be willing to go stay right? and, and be a participant in the Love Lab, or if I'd want to meet him and be like, "What do you think? What do you think about us?" It's funny, but I've
1: watched some of the videos I've seen, some of the live footage, and a lot of it is like from back in the the '80s, um, and it's really funny to watch. They, of course, there's privacy and stuff. But the day to day stuff when they're in the kitchen and in the family area and stuff, it's all recorded and it's really, it's fascinating. It's like, you know, you literally get to be the fly on the wall, watching these couples kind of and how they act and seeing how other couples are when no one else is watching. Yeah. Something that we, you know, I think that's a mistake we all make. Right. I think, especially with social media, we can easily get this idea that everybody else's relationships are perfect.
0: Oh, for There's sure. Because days. we're only seeing, I mean, I'm not going to get on there and be like, oh, driving me crazy today like, with, exactly. you know, like husband's such a jerk, you wouldn't believe what he did or, or she said, whatever. We don't. Yeah. We,
1: I think it's human nature and I like it. I like seeing people's highlight reels. And I think as long as you go into social media knowing, acknowledging that, yeah, these are their best times, it doesn't mean their life is perfect. Yeah. But I think in general, even with friends that we know, I mean, I don't know. I'm probably a lot older than you. So I'm, <laughs> I'm mid forties. And so I would like, I've seen couples now, like a lot of friends that are getting divorced sadly, but so, so often it comes as such a shock because you're ah, yeah. like, oh, they seem so happy. And that just goes to show like what, even the people we sometimes know the best, we don't know what's necessarily happening behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that we all have stuff. Yeah, It doesn't necessarily mean we're all going to get divorced. I'm just saying, you know, it, we can often project an image that our relationships are really just A-OK. And then the next right. thing, it's like...
0: Well, and and one thing that, I'm, that I got out of that and out of um, the study of looking at those couples and it's their day-to-day interactions and being a fly on the wall and those things is that we can see all these grand gestures, right? We can see these date nights and these vacations and these like birthday shout-outs and anniversary shout-outs, right? The big things but it's not really like the big things that do it. It's like the little daily things, like the tiny things over time that are either gonna make or break. It's not like your annual vacation to a beach is gonna fix everything, right?
1: No, and it's so true. It is, and it's it's exactly like you said, the day-to-day, the little nuances, the little acts of love that sometimes those are the most important things, right?
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. So I wanted to ask you, I know you've got a program called easy love and Mm -hmm. you are, you know, such a proponent about making your marriage easy, making your marriage fun and enjoyable. And so what, in your definition, what is an easy love?
1: Easy love to me, and it's, it's interesting how it came up because I'll tell you more about my story later on, but I am, I've been married and divorced and I am now remarried and when justin my husband now and i were still dating and you know we had lots of deep conversation he's also divorced um so we've been there we don't want to repeat our old mistakes you know so when you're in the situation after you've already been married you i think you you naturally get more clear on what you want you know what you don't want right and like you really have a very clear vision of what you want your future to look like, and you're careful. So him and I would have lots of these conversations, but one of them was like, what what do you want out of our relationship? And it just came out of me, and that was how I came up with it for using it with my business, was I just, I said, I just want easy love. I just want it to feel easy. And I think for me, I believe that everybody has their own definition, every couple, it might look a little bit different, but I think we can all agree, probably, for the most part, on a few simple things. For me, it's a love that flows, that feels smooth, feels easy, that there's no drama, like it's, for the most part, you know? yeah, Ab and flow, we're, we're gonna have good days and bad days. We're all human. No relationship is perfect. But you want it to, just, I just don't wanna have these huge dramatic moments and like, I don't want lack of trust. Like I want it to feel smooth. I want there to be trust communication that flows. Yes. And so that's just sort of, that's what it means to me. But I, I'd like to think that for the most part, most of us feel the same way.
0: Yes, we- I would yeah. agree with you. And I think it's funny because I love when I saw that that's what you were doing and that that you've been talking about easy love, easy love, because when I first got married, so I've been married almost 13 years. And when we first got married, it was always marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. Marriage is work. Marriage is work. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. I get it. And so I love the narrative of having easy love. And that's not to say that you're not putting in the work and that you're not like working at it. But I think if you put in the work, it makes it easy. Exactly. Like... With anything, like think of your house. If you want your schedule to flow and your housework to go, you put things in place so that it's easy so that you're not having one day where it's like we have to just clean the whole dang thing and not go anywhere. It's kind of the same thing. When you put things in place, then it makes it easy. But you have to have those conversations. So there's work, but it's not like awful work.
1: (laughs) I totally agree. And I think that
0: with the like easy love, and
1: with the program the way I've designed it the tools that I teach aren't I don't want to downplay them because they're so 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 important but they're not complicated if that makes sense it's not it's more like we have to start changing our habits we have to start changing our awareness like of our own actions and paying attention and noticing things and it's with that and then implementing these tools like that's what I call them tools techniques creating these new habits with these tools that is the game-changer and it makes it so the work quote-unquote doesn't feel hard like it doesn't have to feel like painful hmm it's it's a learning curve I think that's the thing too I think for all of us if we genuinely want to our relationship to be the best that it can be, we have to be willing willing to, to do the work. We have to be willing to sometimes face our own stuff and have a kind of hard look at ourselves and start becoming aware of the role we play in the dynamics that are going on. I think it's all too easy, right, to look at your partner and blame rather than Looking inward at our own stuff, but oh, way easier. <laughs> when you start putting that all together and using those tools, it's not—it's not hard in a bad way. The work feels, and to me, I am obviously unbiased, but to me, the work is fun. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's fun.
0: It's fun. It's more—it's connecting, which I totally think it can be, and it's so interesting, especially when you are wanting to make a change, and not saying that you need to have a problem in your mm-hmm. marriage or have it be a hard marriage in order to put a focus on it or change, but so many times when something is so simple, like you're saying some of these tools that you have, they're not complicated. And sometimes we almost want it to be complicated because if it's simple, it's like, well, if it was simple, I would have done it already. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting where we push aside the simple things because we think it needs to be harder and then we make it harder when it really doesn't need to be. And like you said, it can be fun. It can be connecting. It doesn't have to be this awful thing.
1: It's so true. I had a client that's in my, right now I have my mini program happening. So it's my mini group program, Relationship Fundamentals. And she, we talked after the session and she said, you know what I love is this is stuff like, I, she goes, I feel like I knew this. Like, it's not like, I feel like we all know this. We just don't all do it. And it's just a, it's, you know what I mean? It's the, yep it's actually just making it happen. And it's, it's true. It's, these are, that's why I say it's not painful. It's not complicated. It's just recognizing what needs to happen and staying there, like staying in that place of being aware of the work you need to do to continually
0: create more positive energy in a relationship. Awesome. So can you share with us some of those tools that you would say you can start implementing or that are very helpful for you to, Begin to create this easy love in your marriage yeah I think for me I mean the
1: foundation of everything and this is Gottman this is this doesn't cut like a lot of my tools are kind of that combination of like Gottman and this and that and, and my experiences and I kind of put it all together this phrase is you know the the friendship needs to be the foundation of your relationship and that's definitely a got that's straight from Gottman And I believe that, right? Because when everything else starts to hit the fan, if you're not, if you don't have that friendship as your basis, then there's nothing to fall back on because it's not always going to be romantic. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to be like you say, big vacations and all, all the stuff. Real life can be like hard sometimes. And you know, there's hard times. And, and you need during those times to have that foundation of friendship to fall back on where, um, you know, like it's the same as I think we all know, like if you have your best girlfriend or you call your mom when you're in trouble, you want to have that same kind of reliance on your partner where you feel like you guys can be there as a team to support each other. And so I like to teach lots of things to help people to support that friendship foundation. Okay. So that would be one thing. It's like really finding tools, finding the things that are going to keep that friendship alive. I think we have to really... And we all need practice i mean and and it's one thing to know it all but you have to practice it and practice it and it's not always like perfect (laughs) but communication right Right. talking listening skills it that's i mean a huge one if we could master as couples communication i think that if i had to pick one thing that's the most important is that being able to talk to each other about anything and everything and i call them the difficult conversations so making sure that you're You're having not only the talks about the shows you watched last night or the schedule tomorrow, but also talking about the really difficult stuff the stuff that's been on your heart and on your mind and I think sometimes those are the conversations that we often avoid Yeah, just under a rug because it's awkward or we don't want to start a fight we don't want to rock the boat or we don't have time there's all the we can make a million excuses a million world, <laughs> right? but I think that when we um push ourselves into those awkward moments. I mean, even your post today I saw about like going into the uncomfortable a bit is where the growth is, right? Yeah. And it's the same in relationships. That's sometimes the hardest, most awkward, difficult conversations with your partner can lead to the most like uplifting growth and game changing like experience between the two of you that takes you kind of to that next level of love. Yes. Oh, a hundred
0: percent. Which is so funny you say that. So I don't know if you know much about the Enneagram. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a nine. So yeah. I avoid conflict at like all costs. So <laughs> you're like,
1: rich. under the rug kind of girl.
0: Oh yeah. Like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like, let's just, mm, let's just keep it down. And it was kind of really funny. Like the first couple years of our marriage, I'm like, yeah, we don't fight. We don't fight. I'm like, we don't fight. Cause I don't fight <laughs> <laughs> and we still don't like fight, but I've yeah. had to really learn how to push myself out of my comfort zone and leave that kind of nineness and learn how to be a little bit more assertive and learn that a disagreement or conversation is not this huge conflict that's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. And then that was also important for my husband to learn that these little things, these little teeny conversations to him were like massive for me. Yeah. And so luckily that was a huge tool for us was learning that that was my Enneagram type. And he was like, oh, I did not even realize that this was like a passing comment for him was sending me into a complete spiral because I don't like those uncomfortable conversations. And so I don't know for us, that's been very important, but if yeah. I can learn how to have them, mm-hmm. anybody can.
1: Yeah. And that's it. I think it it kind of is that idea of going into the uncomfortable kind of. Pushing yourself into that zone where something you might not want to do, but knowing full well, and I promise you it's true, you will grow from it. You're going to learn. And the other thing that I love about those conversations for couples is that's where you're going to learn about each other. That's what really makes us more than just roommates. I mean, beyond the intimacy and all of that, it's you know things about each other that you're the only two that know those things, right? And it's through those difficult conversations conversations and learning, you know, your biggest fears and the hardest things to talk about, that's where you're really going to share your real like heart with your partner. And that's how they you let them in, you know, into the fear with you. I think it's important. I think it's really connecting.
0: Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And I can say that from experience too, that after I have pushed myself to have those conversations and to you know, face that confrontation or whatever head on that we do come out of that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel, A, I feel so much better. B, we feel way more connected. And then C, we're able to handle the new thing that comes on a lot better because I've got the proof now that like, oh, it'll all be okay. You know, like, and Mm -hmm. so you do, you just keep growing and you keep connecting if you can do that, but it can be scary at first. If it's not something that you're used to and you know, Turns out not like not a lot of us are really good communicators. Shocker (laughs) that well not the thing. Actually it's funny. Oh, sorry, I banged
1: my table. Um I have been I talk about this a lot and I have two little boys and from the moment they came into this world, I swore to myself that I was not gonna let them grow up and leave the house when they graduate or do whatever they choose to do in life without knowing how to talk about their feelings. And to be able to share their feelings, because I think, and I'm, I'm, kind of stereotyping, generalizing here, but I know that there's also there's statistics to to show this that men have a harder time talking about their feelings than women. That's just, and I think a lot of that's just, it's not to say no women struggle with it, but I think women are born there's um with it's just a little bit more natural for them. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying every man is that way. My husband's very good about talking about his feelings, so it's not everybody, but. I think that it's like that whole concept of if, if you've never been taught something, how can you be expected to know how to do it? And I yeah. think we wonder why our divorce rate, both in the US and Canada, where I am, is pretty much 50%. So pretty much close to that. When you get married, there's a 50-50 chance it's going to work. That's not very good statistics. So with relationships, to me, I, it just makes perfect sense why it doesn't work so often it's because we don't know how to talk to each other. And we weren't taught that we were taught in school how to do math and science and lots of good things. But wouldn't it be amazing if we were also all taught how to say, I feel angry. Yes. Rather than showing that you're angry rather than acting out an emotion, teaching children at a young age, what emotion matches a feeling and kind of like so that they can then use their words which we have so often say to our kids use your words to describe like I feel angry and that's okay to say you're angry but it's so much better than either a holding it in and not wanting and feeling shame about anger and feeling like it's bad or b acting it out punching things hitting walls or you know all that kind of stuff. And that's both men and women. I have got a harsh temper that I have learned to tame through the work I've done, but it's not just men who have those things. So I'm not generalizing that at all. But if we all were taught how to put words to our emotions, I think that our relationships growing up would be so much more healthy and successful that we wouldn't have such a high divorce rate if we actually could talk to each other and yeah. knew how to express things and not take things personally and be able to communicate in a way that actually moved us forward rather than backward.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think you hit the the nail on the head right there saying that learning how to express things. And then on the flip side, not taking things personally when someone like allowing someone else to express things. Cause I know that a lot of times that is the problem is like, you don't want to be taken the wrong way. You don't want to offend something. And so you keep it inside because it's like, I don't want to say something because that might come across the wrong way. So yeah, a hundred percent taking responsibility for ourselves first Mm -hmm. and learning that. I mean, it would be amazing if it was taught more (laughs) in schools and, and just, and I think we're heading in the right direction. I think there has been kind of a shift towards personal responsibility and understanding your emotions and all of that. But I mean, we have so much more work to do, but I've heard you say before that, that it, um, your personal responsibility and working on yourself is key to working on your marriage.
1: I, I definitely believe in that. And that was, it's, I think it comes down to like at the, at the, the big picture of it is the only thing we have control of in life in general, not just our relationships is ourselves. Like we can't control anybody else. So Trying to change someone else's behavior is futile. So when I look at it that way, it's just like, well, the only, so I, let's just say I'm unhappy. This dynamics between me and my partner are not going well. Well, you're going to hit your head against a brick wall if all you're doing is trying to get them to change mm-hmm. and telling them what they're doing wrong usually it comes with pointing fingers and blame, right? And I think it's not to say that they're faultless. I think we both play a role in problems. If there's an argument between a couple, there's two people arguing, right? And so it takes being able to take a step back and owning your stuff, looking inward, and working on yourself, and and figuring out where your feelings are coming from, who you are, what you need to be happy, and and then being able to communicate that to your partner, not in the way of trying to change them, but saying, this is what I need because this is what I know about myself. And when we can do that, then your partner then has a choice. They can go, oh, okay, well, either A, yes, that's no problem. I, I can do that because that's easy. Or B, no, there's no way I'm out. And then I guess the relationship's over. Or C is compromise where you go, okay, well, I can, you know, I can bend a bit on that, but I, I can't quite go all the way. And and then you kind of find that middle ground. And that's usually where most of us end up with uh, not all the things, but the bigger things, right? Is it sometimes it's a bit of back and forth of, of compromising with your partner, but you can't get to that place unless you really know who you are and what you need to be happy. And I think we so often search for that happiness in our partner and we want them to make us happy. Yeah. And the reality is is we are we are in charge of our happiness as much as so many of us don't want to acknowledge that because that makes it harder because then that means we actually have to do something about it. But I think that that's, that's why I believe that the first and most important work in any relationship is doing the work on yourself to really, really understand who you are and build your own confidence up so that you know how to make yourself happy.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting too because if you don't know the things that you need and you don't know yourself, then even if you're wanting your partner to make you happy, they can't because you don't know, they don't know. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. So I work with a lot of clients on that. And it's, it's the hardest part I think for a lot of people because a lot of times they haven't really gone there. And so it's, it's, yeah, I get them to kind of go a little bit deep and, and think about themselves a bit more and what exactly it is that they need to be happy. And it's, it's interesting. It's a really cool process to see people from the beginning of a program to the end and sort of the transformation that takes place as they get to know who they are and what they need and then start to be able to communicate that and then you see this couple start to talk and they've they've also learned so much about each other that you would think they would have known like you I think we assume that you know each other so so well but sometimes if we don't even know ourselves how is our partner going to know us
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: like really and so it's yes yeah, it's really cool.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I, I do think that that would be such a fun process to kind of see like Mm -hmm. eyes opening and like all of these things just kind of like light bulbs clicking and all of that. So, um, okay. So what I, what I'm gathering with an easy love is first, it's got to be friendship. Yeah. We've got to have some communication. We need to take personal responsibility for ourselves and get to know ourselves a little bit. Is there anything else that we need in there? (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there is,
1: but so much. There's a ton. I mean, I I go through it all, but it's like, I think too conflict resolution, I think that one's another key one, but it's, you know, learning how to have a disagreement because we're all going to have them. It's normal. It's, and learning how to not necessarily solve them because not all conflicts are solvable but how to manage them in a healthy way that doesn't destroy a marriage or a relationship, right? That allows it to maybe be a learning experience and where you learn more about your partner. I always say this, I, this is a very, like I say it over and over again, but go into conversations and conflict with curiosity. So essentially that means going into any conversation you have with your partner wanting to learn something more about how they're feeling. Yeah. And I think that that when we can do that, and that goes for any relationship, work, family, friends, at home, but it's going into these conversations, wanting to actually learn something rather than just trying to speak and get our opinion out there, right?
0: I love it, which I think is so opposite from like what feels natural because you want to contribute to a conversation, right? You want to respond. And that has been something that I've actually worked a lot on is- being okay with not responding right away. Just saying, I want to just come to this and just understand. I just want to learn. And it, you know, in my marriage and in friendships and especially, you know, in 2020 when (laughs) so many things I'm like, I just want to, I just want to listen for a second. And if I don't respond, it's not because, you know, I don't have anything to say or whatever. And I think that that is a tool that so many of us need to learn is listening to understand, listening with curiosity, like you said, and that it's okay to not have a response or have a rebuttal or have an opinion or anything, just coming to understand and get in that other person's head a little bit.
1: Yeah. Like one of the things I often tell the, tell clients, as I said, this is a really good one to have in your back pocket. So when you're in a time of conflict and maybe you're trying to not react the same way you've always reacted, and maybe you're trying to avoid that nasty fight something really easy to just have there that you can always say that it's always going to be helpful is just tell me more i want i want to understand you tell me more and that's what it softens the other person you'll you can almost visibly see them exhale mm-hmm. they're like, oh okay somebody wants to hear what not somebody my partner wants to hear what i have to say Hmm. okay i'll tell you more and like and so it, it's a really nice way to kind of, doesn't mean you agree with what they're saying. You don't have to submit to your own, you know, to, to what they're, to, to just sort of let go of the argument for the sake of not fighting. That's not what it is. It's genuinely wanting to understand more about their point of view, because maybe if you tell me more, maybe I'll understand differently. Yeah. I think it's always a good one. I say if you're stuck and you're feeling like things are going to go sideways, just ask for more information.
0: I love that. Rather than assuming or just interjecting yourself, just tell me more. Just let's get some more info. I love that. What a good tool to have in your back pocket. Um, okay. Yeah. And I love with all of these tools too, is it's not like they're like a linear set of tools. Like as you're doing this, your friendship's going to get deeper. And as your friendship gets, like it kind of just goes around and around and all of these tools kind of help and play into each other, which I love.
1: Yes, they do. And it's true. They, and they all sort of connect in different ways. It's cool. It's, I, I say it's cool because it's, it's cool when I watch it. Like it's, I've seen, I've experienced it for myself and I know that these tools work. But when I get to witness other couples using it and seeing the transformation,
0: that's just the word that always comes to mind. It's like, this is so cool. It's so cool. I love it. So speaking of other couples and the work that you do with them, when is a time that coming to you or coming, you know, needing some kind of marriage coaching or whatever, do I wait until it's like? we're at our wits ends with each other or or is it because I, you know there's always a stigma around it there's a stigma Ah. around therapy or marriage counseling or marriage coaching or all of the things is it more preventative work that you do or is it fixing or a combination of both is it something that you know we should make more of a priority and have it just kind of in our back pocket
1: i mean i think so in a perfect world everybody that came to me would be doing it out of prevention so to me it's like i want to prevent my divorce so let's learn this stuff now so we have these tools we know what to do and we just stay healthy rather than having to fix a problem but i've seen all sorts of couples i mean i um i'm not a counselor or a therapist so there is a difference and i mean textbook just to describe the difference so people out there know being a coach how it technically differs is that therapists and counselors, obviously we have different training and they tend to look at what's happening right now in your relationship and in your life and then figuring out from your past what brought you here so that you can kind of change it that way. How I work with couples is looking at where you are now and where you wanna be in the future. So I help them with the tools that I have to implement the tools to help them move forward to reach those goals. Of whatever their quote-unquote easy love is what their what does what does their goal perfect relationship look like for them and I help them get to that point and so I think you know like I say it's easier if they are of course not having major problems but the fact is is I would say majority of people that are led To coaching, either are doing it out of prevention, or they're feeling like they're just in a rut. It's been hard. It's not like it used to be. They feel stuck. They feel. I hear a lot. We don't speak the same language. Mm -hmm. We don't understand each other anymore. Or I hear we have these arguments that are kind of cyclical. Like they're always we fight about the same thing all the time. We just can't seem to get past it. So it's kind of like that stuck feeling in a relationship or sometimes just feeling like you, you know, you. I want to feel like I used to, I want that spark back. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I do also have people who have great relationships and they definitely are just doing it. They really just want the tools. They are interested and in kind of have that um, always learning kind of attitude, wanting to know more so that they can do better. And so they're just doing it more as maintenance and prevention, you know?
0: Yeah, which I love. I'm a huge proponent of preventative as the best medicine and Mm -hmm. just doing things to keep yourself healthy, your life healthy, your marriage health, everything. So, and you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so the more that you can learn and the more that you can know, the better prepared you're going to be when big things happen and when shifts happen, then you're better prepared. Um, And one other thing that you mentioned that I thought about was um, getting, you know, with the point where you're at to getting where you want to go. And I think that that is the key part is a lot of us are just sailing through life and we don't know where we want to go. We just kind of wake up one day and we're like, well, I'm not where I wanted to go, but I don't even know where it was that I <laughs> wanted to go. And I've had this conversation with girlfriends before I'm like, okay, like, are you going to Hawaii? And is your husband going to Hawaii too? Right. Just visualizing this, this, um, analogy. I'm like, cause if you're going to Hawaii but he's going snowboarding in the Swiss Alps, your guys's prep is going to be way different. Like his priorities are going to be different. Your priorities are going to be different. You're going in two different, completely place different places. And if you don't know that he, his goal is skiing and you know, totally making this about trips, yeah. but it's the same thing. Like it makes it easier to understand. And so you've got to be like, where are we going? What are we doing to get there? And I was having this conversation with a friend that was kind of a light bulb moment. Cause she was like, oh gosh, yeah, we're going different places. And I was like, yeah, you got to get in the same car <laughs> and you're yeah. planning and you're putting in all of the work, you know, cause if you're going to go to Hawaii, you're going to want to be what, I don't know, scuba diving or surfing. So you're going to be putting in the work to be able to do that versus if you're going to be hiking in a mountain, you're going to be putting in different work. And so I think the key there that you said is you got to know where you're going Mm -hmm. And then you got to know where you're at. And I love that that's what you do is help kind of bridge that gap in between and help give everyone the tools to make sure you're getting to the same place and (laughs) together and with the right things. Absolutely.
1: And it's interesting you say it because Justin, I won't take credit for this analogy specifically, but how he described it, we were having a little heated discussion, let's call it. (laughs) And he, he said, you know, I see it this way because we both use the term easy love, easy love is our goal. And he goes, when I think of our goal, I think of a road going to easy love. Like that's the end goal. And then any problem we're having or any, any action that we're doing, he thinks about, okay, now is this keeping me on the road? Or am I on a side road going nowhere good? Am I, are we veering off? Or are these actions? It's not to say we can't have conflict. But in conflict, are my actions in the conflict getting us closer to easy love or further away? And I love that because it's like you can see it, right? You can yeah. visualize at the end of the road, where do we want to be? And it's always, we want to make sure we're always on that path to easy love. And if we're not, how can I get back? What's going to help? And it's really cool because then when you are in a, having a hard time in a little rough patch, you think, okay, by me screaming and yelling and getting in my car and driving off. Cause I'm having a, a ten, temper tantrum. Is that going to help? Or is that going to hinder us getting to easy love? Right. And it's like, no, okay. That is not the right action. Take a deep breath, go cool off and, and let's communicate.
0: Right. Like, but right. I, I,
1: same idea using that analogy of staying on track and reaching, reaching that goal that you're working towards.
0: Yeah. And I love that asking yourself those questions mm-hmm. and you might, as as you get better at it, you can do it in the moment, right? Like, is driving off in my car the, good I, the best idea? But the first time it might be when you get back and you're like, that maybe wasn't the best idea. But as you continue and have that goal in mind, it gets easier and easier to kind of like knee-jerk reaction with those questions versus having to kind of come back to it after the fact.
1: Practice makes perfect. It
0: just... Exactly what you said. Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> Totally. So I love it. I love the idea of going towards an easy love and having this destination that you want to go to and making sure that you're checking in with yourself and everything. So, Jamie, where can people find you if they want more of this, if they want to, you know, get a lot more intentional with their marriage? I know that's what you're all about. Where's the best place to connect and find you?
1: Well, I think the most easiest right now is uh, on Instagram. So I'm the Jamie Morgan on Instagram and just connect with me there send me a DM click the link in my bio and that'll connect you with all of my freebies I've got tons of free stuff on there for couch date questions and um unique uh date night ideas and stuff like that and then there's also any programs that I'm offering are are available through the link in my bio on Instagram but at the Jamie Morgan
0: perfect. And there's lots of ways to work with you. Like you said, there's the the free stuff that you offer. There's online courses, one-on-one coaching. So I will make sure that I link to absolutely every way that you can connect with Jamie. And I just want to say thank you so much for being here. I love talking about marriage and relationships and just how we can do better at it and how, you know, taking responsibility for ourselves is pretty much where we got to start. Thank you so much for having me. I love it thank you for hanging out with me again today i'm so glad you pressed play if you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too that would be amazing if you're loving the show make sure you go and leave a review on itunes reviews are like magic for podcasts and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you and come find me over on instagram I'm there at Positively.Jesse, and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.